Hi, how are you? Thanks for listening to the Good Enough Human show on Circulate Radio in association with We Are Chester. We've got a variety of guests today telling us about incredible work going on in and around the city, including Fallen Angels Dance Theatre, Chester Pride and Eco Communities. Please do uh, stay tuned to find out more about some of the incredible projects that they are working on. And if you want to hear even more extended versions of our interviews, then please please take a look at our podcast, The Good Enough Human, available on iTunes and Spotify and also Podbean. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to this edition of the Good Enough Human show and podcast. We are a podcast and we're also on Circulate Radio, Chester's community radio station. And this week we are fortunate to have two special guests from a unique theatre company based within Story House in Chester. They are the company in residence at Story House. They are none other than Fallen Angels Dance Theatre who work with people in recovery for addiction to drugs or alcohol or they may be battling mental health adversity. They do incredible work and we thought it was about time we got them onto the show and the podcast to tell us a bit about what they are up to. So we have Claire Morris who's the chief executive and we have Paul Bays Kitcher who is the artistic director and myself and co-host for um, this episode Paul Crofts will be chatting to Claire and Paul to find out more about the amazing stuff they're doing including their latest project together while apart which is very intriguing welcome to the show Claire and Paul thank you it's great to be here Nice to see you again. Good to see you too. Yeah. Even if it's virtually this time, Paul. (laughs) We should say that a few years back now, I think we're right in saying we interviewed you, Paul, face to face. Those were the days at Flipside Community Radio. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, we feel very welcome. So thank you. Oh, we loved it. We absolutely love it. Paul, it's lovely to uh, have you on the show again. Welcome to you, Claire, too. It's great to have you both with us. albeit, as Angela said, virtually. Um, one thing we, we were having, a, Angela and I were having a chat before we, we, we started recording, and we've realised that um, Fallen Angels is 10 years old this year already. Is that right? It's, uh, that's right, yeah. That's an, an amazing, I can't, 10 years has gone by in a flash. Um, can I ask you both, actually, in, in the 10 years since you founded Fallen Angels, is there any sort of special moments that stand out for, for you both in terms of, uh, events you've you've hosted or things you've been to uh, with, with the company yeah I mean I think um, I've got a few but I mean one of the main thing main ones recently was um, when we performed for the Queen um, at Story House last year um, was it last year <laughs> year before <laughs> two years ago I think it's about 2018 now <laughs> right yeah so so yeah and I remember Alex Clifton director of story house he said oh we've got some a very some very special guests come in and i was i think you know it might be william or harry and then the day before he said um because we, obviously we had to have security checks the day before he said uh, oh it's a majesty the queen i was like wow okay um and he said your group are going to perform in the in the lobby bit and um would you mind speaking to her and introducing the group and Telling them, to telling the, uh, her what what we're about, kind of thing, and so yeah, it was um, that was quite a, a standout moment for me. I just remember standing on the balcony, and I was next to Meghan Markle and then the Queen, and then Claire was at the other side, and we were just peering over, watching our group perform. And it was just one of those moments when you just think, "Is this really happening?" You know, because when I was at Birmingham Royal Ballet for years, um, we performed. I danced with Princess Diana in rehearsal and um, Princess Margaret was our patron. So she used to come quite a lot. But um, I never had the opportunity of dancing, uh, sorry, speaking to the Queen or um, I've I've never met the Queen. So it was just, uh, they say in recovery, things happen beyond your wildest dreams. That was one of the moments um, that I remember recently. Yeah, Yeah. I'm sure you've got 
Yeah, no, I think, um, yeah, when you just said that, Paul, a standout moment, that was definitely, um, what, that was definitely the, the moment, really, when, yeah, and, um, and for us, it's always about our participants um, in recovery, and for them, you know, I did, you know, I was kind of, you know, all right, yeah, the Queen, yeah, you know, and they lead up to it. But it was actually, it was our, one of our participants just said, this is going to be the most important day of my life. And I just thought, wow, amazing for him and amazing for the group. Amazing, you know, really took me off guard at how special it was actually in reality. Um, but yeah, for our participants to be in a situation where they're performing for the Queen, they, they never would have imagined that in their life. Yeah. And one of the participants that you're talking about, um, his name was Frank. And I remember, I mean, this is a standout moment for me, um, being in the studio with, with the people, the inspirational people that we work with. And um, we were doing this project in Art and Soul where I used to go there every week and deliver a movement session. And there was this guy in there, he was an artist, um, an older guy, very tall, um, very kind of, he was like a genius, wasn't he? He's was like really switched on and that. And he got into the space. He was like, you're not getting me in a leotard like that. Proper. <laughs> I mean, like, but he was, he, I said, we'll just come in and draw, draw the dance. Do you know what I mean? Draw it. So we had him drawing. And then I said, look, we've got a session on at Bluco in Liverpool um, because we've got a group in Chester at Story House and we've got a group in Liverpool and Lee as well. Um, and I said, why don't you come over and start drawing over there? So he was drawing um, for six weeks. And then Claire had a genius idea. Why don't we put him in the piece? So we had him in the piece as this artist drawing um, the, these pictures. And the dancers were responding. At the end, he kind of just ripped through it. And then he kind of walked off. And he had this amazing stage presence. And then the week later, I was in the studio. And usually he's sitting in that corner. And he put his pad down. And he just took his shoes off. And he joined in, and from that moment on, wow. he was for like about five years, um, and he was incredible. I remember Alex Clifton saying that he, when you say fallen angels, his he he pops up because he was just an incredible performer. He really struggled with his mental health, and um, he passed away recently. Um, we had his funeral last uh, two weeks ago, which was quite um, sad. Um, he has severe COPD. Oh. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, so it's quite sad, but I was with his sister today um, helping clear out the, his flat and she, she told me that he had um, really a lot of early life, like childhood trauma when he was younger. He went through so much because I think his, his, his um, mother died. He was the ninth child to be born and his, and, um, his mother died two days after. So his introduction to the world wasn't great. Um, and he went through all this trauma and she said the last six years of his life was the most peaceful because he was in Broadmoor Hospital, he was in psychiatric units, but he found the movement and, and she came to see him perform at Storyhouse and she said you could see like the, the trauma being released through the body and you know that's obviously how we work is like how the body can heal the mind through certain movements so that was a really really standout moment for me. And, and he, he was the guy that performed in front of the Queen and he, he was like, this is the most important day of my life. Wow. Took it really seriously. And what an amazing person, you know, and, you know, we have the privilege of working with some incredible inspirational people and he will, yeah, his memory will live on, definitely. Yeah. What an amazing, what an amazing thing for you all to, to have done and what an amazing thing for that gentleman to have, you know, uh, for you to have sort of brought brought that out that out of him, and mm. for him to to do that performance, that's incredible. Uh, was Her Majesty interested in sort of how the group had found was founded, and what what your sort of plans were go, going forward? Did she have anything to say to you special well, about about the work? Yeah, I mean, all I said to her was um, that um, we'd just done we'd we'd done a project with Tom Harrison House who were army veterans in recovery. We did a really amazing project with them that performed at the capstan. And she said, um, she was like, wow, she said, does it help them? And I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. You can, and what an amazing project that was. And what else did I say? I said I was at the 
Was it the Royal? Oh yeah, I said I said I'm at the Royal. I was at the Royal Ballet School and the Royal Ballet, <laughs> Birmingham Royal Ballet. And she was like, "Oh, where are you? Where are you?" It was like really intrigued, you know. And eye contact and that really lovely. And then I said, "I'm also in recovery as well." <laughs> and you know, like trying to put the two together, like a a ballet dancer that's in recovery, that's an addict, that's helping. Do you, do you see what I mean? So yeah, yes. you don't get many kind of ballet dancers that are in recovery. I don't think. Um, yeah, so I mean, she was like really lovely. Yeah, and, and you spoke to her, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I just really explained um, about our relationship with Story House and how you know we what we normally do, and she listened very intently, and um, and then I you know welcomed her to watch, and um, and both her and you know Meg and Markle they were really um, yeah really fascinated and then and curious, and then they sort of said so how old yeah. There's a big age range here, and um, then I, they were like, "Oh, how old are you know are your participants?" And I said, "Well, we've got today dancing. Um, the age, the youngest is 24, and the oldest is 71." Wow. <laughs> and she, they both were like taken aback because what we do is really physical, and um, and there is fit as you know everybody at Fallen Angels really goes for it. it has huge um well how do you say it intention and drive to their movements and power and um and so yeah she was really taken aback at the age range and also she was only meant to stay for like a minute and she stayed right for the whole thing didn't she yeah it was about four minutes (laughs) because even both like looking you know because when you see people move especially people that haven't been trained that really connect with the soul and the spirit and you know that kind of energy that comes out it really kind of transports you and you really it really hits you um so they were really kind of hypnotized yeah um, mesmerized by yeah some of their movement quality and yeah beautiful so I think we held up proceedings a bit we did uh... yeah well, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um people were kind of waiting you know for her to come yeah. and all that but it was amazing and you know we're really grateful we were quite giggly house. weren't we we were because you know you don't know you, you just can't imagine a moment like that yeah. and how you'd respond. And um, and also, I don't know, like, um, I was really surprised at the aura the Queen has. Yeah. It, right. it really takes you aback. She's a huge presence, such a tiny woman, but a massive presence. So you really feel like you're, you're in the presence of but, somebody but love, very special. Love, lovely as well. I didn't yeah. feel... Like as soon as I took it, took a hand, I, f- I didn't feel nervous at all. No, lovely. I was more kind of quite excited, really. But like you say, you know, it's very kind of Storyhouse to give us that opportunity, just you oh, know, yeah. to let the group perform. Amazing. And you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it was something that Frank used to talk about all the time. So it's a, you know, it's creating those absolutely amazing moments that, you know, the, the people that we work with have come from the depths of hell, and then all of a sudden they're performing for Her Majesty the Queen, you know, which a lot of professional dancers that have trained for years never get that opportunity. So yeah, it was a really, really special moment, especially Frank, that's why I had to tell yeah. the story about Frank because that was his journey where he came from. And, that, and there he was mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago. But now, you see, now we could talk for, we've got 10 years that we could talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you could write a book about, we could do a whole documentary on you. <laughs> with all the amazing stuff that you're doing um and i'm conscious of the fact that we've got sort of limited time so can we ask you about um now i'm particularly fascinated as well i saw a quote from you paul talking about eckhart toll the power of now and mindfulness and how that has been involved and helped inspire you in your latest project together while apart can you tell us a bit about what that's all about yeah, of course. Um, the, recently, we've done a project called Together While Apart. And in that project, we've done um, a performance film piece called Doorways. And the reason why we called it Doorways is because I've heard a lot of our participants, when they can't get to the groups, they, they were like, oh, I, can't, I couldn't get out the door, I couldn't get out the door. And basically, the, it's not they can't get out the door, it's the fact that they're trapped behind their mind. Um, you know, because of fear or anxiety, because a lot of our people suffer with mental health and for them to even get out the door 
and, and get get to a group is like a massive step for them. So, and because we've been all locked down for the last few months, um, a lot of people will be able to relate to kind of being isolated and that feeling of, you know, sometimes when it, when you go out and things get back to normal, it can be a bit overwhelming sometimes. And so, um, so we did this project called Doorways and the doorway becomes a metaphor for, for the mind. So if I can't go out the door, it means I can't get out of my mind. And a lot of the stuff that we do is getting out of the mind and into the body by using certain breath work and being in the moment. And that's where the Eckhart Tolle book comes in. I think Eckhart Tolle is just an amazing um, writer for um, kind of calming, calming down the mind and getting into the body. He talks a lot about the pain body, which is the trauma from the past and how we can release certain energies um, which will heal. So, so we looked at that in the, in the actual piece as well. Um, and then I think we had a photographer that went around socially distanced um, towards the end, and they that they did some pictures of people in doorways um, and like to try and show what they they they'd been through or what they were going through and how they kind of escaped their own personal um, barriers um, by meditation. A lot of stuff we do is meditative. Um, you call it dance, but I'd say it's more movement meditation. Um, yeah, and seeing how the the, the body, the, the trauma of the body, releasing that and healing the mind. Um, and by by doing that, it, it um, yeah, you escape the mind, and so therefore you can go out the door and you're free. Um, yeah, so it's been uh, it's, it's been a great project. I mean, we've had like five groups a week. Um, I thought I was going to have a nice holiday, but they had other <laughs> ideas. No, I, I mean, I love working with the groups, but we... we but this is over the whole year, Over the it? whole year, yeah. We've, yeah. We, we were, we, we usually do like three groups a week. We stepped it up to five. Um, Gosh. About the, yeah. The, the, the guys that have come to do the talks with us. We've had guests, haven't we? Great, yeah. So, to, so yeah. what happened... Um, when we locked down in March last year, um, nuts, yeah, <laughs> and uh, we we just you know we are so committed to our community that we just sort of immediately said, "Don't worry, guys, hang on in, we're going to do this together," and that's why it came together while apart. So we've been together while apart with fifty people in recovery across the northwest on um, through. Facebook, but also on, on Zoom. As soon as we could get on Zoom, that was just amazing. Yeah. So Paul's produced um, three videos now. So the, the third video, the Doorways film, is going to be, um, I think it's premiering tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the 24th. So I think by the time this podcast goes out, it will be out and about in the world. Um, so you'll be able to find that on any of our channels. We're on Twitter, Facebook. All of those, YouTube. You, but on our YouTube channel, you'll find all three um, videos. And at the start of the year, you'll see our Together While Apart film is very much about we're here together doing this, you know, <laughs> it's all very messy, but marvellous. Um, but then we tried to, as we went along, you know, as we realised we're here for a while, um, we then started to think, OK, well, normally we really have a professional approach. So let's see what we can do next. So that's when we moved to Paradigm. We looked at chess and explored how social distancing really feels like we're all chess in the chess pieces. And okay. um, so that was our second film. And then Paul just talked about the Doorways film. And um, we are very grateful for funding and for our funders. So um, Cheshire Community Foundation through the DCMS funding for um, COVID-19 and um, Steve Morgan Foundation, as well as the National Lottery. And um, at the beginning of last year, we also um, gained some funding from Arts Council um, and to really develop our organisation. And that's called the Elevate Programme. And we've just received another announcement of some more, um, in a little boost, not well, a very big boost actually, from Arts Council again, um, Cultural Recovery Fund. So we're just Excellent. so grateful, we can't believe it. And what it means is our organisation's expanding. 
ultimately. Fantastic. Oh, that That's is good great news. news. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And um, we are um, working towards um, a 10 year birthday um, celebration at Story House. So, uh, yeah, we Excellent. hope to have two evenings at Story House. I know everybody's thinking, oh, pending restrictions and all of that. We know. But we're, you know, I think you've got to stay optimistic, don't you? Work towards things. Easy so. date to remember as well, the 5th yeah. of November. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I just find your enthusiasm for what, what you do and the, the love for what you do is just incredible. And, you know, I... I the, the number of people you must have helped in those 10 years is, is just an amazing thing to think about. It's just fantastic. And, um, I'm, you know, I think we're all looking forward to your, um, your 10th anniversary celebrations and I'm sure they're going to be absolutely fantastic. It's such a great project. And, um, if, if people wanted to um, find out a little bit more about fallen angels, but how can they find out about, about you? Do you have obviously social media and website and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, we're very excited because we are going to be launching a new website at the end of May. Um, So that's very exciting. And part of our development is trying to find ways to include people more with Fallen Angels. So we're trying to reach out and expand. We hope to be um, at the end of May and June um, launching a um, friends scheme so that we can, um, you know, I think... For the price of a cup of coffee a month, if you sign up, then you can just get to know us better and keep in touch. You can support us and all of that. If you just so there's a few ways. There's our social media, as we talked about. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of those kind of um, places. We're going to have our new website. Um, our current website is fallenangelsdancetheatre.co.uk. And you'll be able to find my contact details there. I'm the main point of contact. Um, But you can also sign up to our newsletter and then you'll receive quarterly updates. And I would really um, encourage people to do that because that really gives you, we often share things on our newsletter that don't really go out so much, you know, sort of insights and whatnot. Brilliant, brilliant. Sure. Thank you so much. We've covered a lot of ground there. We could have covered a lot more. We'll have to get you back in, hopefully, at some point, if that's okay. We'd love to have you back on the podcast and show yeah. Right, now on our Circulate show, we have another very special guest, Warren Lee Allmark from Chester Pride. Um, Obviously, lots of stuff coming up this year that's a little bit different to how it was perhaps planned to be going back a few years pre-pandemic, but there's still lots of great stuff going on. So Warren is here to tell us more. Welcome, Warren. Thank you very much. Warren, it's great to have you with us on, on the programme. Um, and I, I know from um, social media that um, Chester Pride have been really, really active this year in um, trying to sort of engage with your supporters and friends, obviously because you've not been able to have uh, events in person. I know you've been doing an awful lot of uh, work virtually. Uh, one of the things I have seen on social media, and it looks really, really exciting, is this new um, cafe and community space that you're um, setting up soon. Are you able to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're still in the planning stages. We actually go and visit the, the venue on Wednesday um, to have a look around it and hopefully, if all goes well, we'll be able to put a formal offer in and, and we should be open sort of in, in June time. Um, the idea came about a couple of years ago now um, that Chester as an LGBT sort of city doesn't have a lot of LGBT safe spaces. Um, obviously, we've got a few bars and, and, and you know venues and stuff. Um, but for Chester Pride, it, it was key that uh, when I took over as chair in 2018, 2019, that we we moved on and, and we, we tried to be an all year round um, pride for everybody uh, and offer a safe space. So the cafe was an idea that came up and we, we've progressed on this for two years now trying to trying to get it there. And we're, we're nearly there. And it's, it's just really frustrating because the pandemic obviously has really thrown the brakes on this and we would have liked to have been open by now. Um, but the, the premise of it is it's a, it's a cafe that anyone can come along to and, you know, there's, there's food, drink, as, as you'd see in any any, any cafe. Um, but the, the community safe space side of it will be that we offer sort of a safe space to anyone um, and anyone. And that's not just people of LGBT backgrounds, that's 
you know, people of, of um, and any background, really, anyone that's in need of, of support, a safe space just to take five minutes out of the day. Um, and the, the cafe will be, you know, it will be filled with different things. So we, we'll be the first um, LGBT plus library. So there'll be a catalogue of over 750 books that, that touch on LGBT subjects of, of all ages, but for, you know, youngsters to um, our elderly community that can, can, you know, relive history, relearn history, uh, for people of, of all ages to get involved, really. Um, so it, it's a really exciting project that we've been really excited to, to do. And, and we kind of, we, we promote it as much as we can. And then we hit a stumbling block with COVID and we're, we're nearly there now. And it's, it's a case of another couple of weeks and hopefully we'll be allowed to announce the location of the venue and, and open times and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's a bit of a tease that we don't want to tease you with, but until we sign on that dotted line, we've really got to tease people and, there's a lot of support coming now. People are really interested in where it's going to be, what it's going to be. And I'm kind of screaming at the, the, the screen that I want to tell you, but I, I really can't at the moment. But it's it will be an exciting project. It'll be one of many, many few um, LGBT cafes ran by a pride in, in the UK uh, and Northern Ireland. Sure, that that's abs- that sounds absolutely tremendous. We, we wish you all the best with that. Thanks. I believe you, I've seen you've had a, a competition on, on social media to actually... Uh, name the the uh, venue is, is that something you you're about to to uh, announce soon yeah so with the cafe um the name we, we wanted it to be something that the community have a say in um and some of the names that came forward were really really great um and some of the names that came forward were not so great um so we, we've had to whittle a few down uh, we've had to look at copyright issues have a look at you know if it, if it plays on any words that you know would be um, unsuitable for, for the venue um, and then we have put it to a public vote uh, which I think next Friday is the first round it's been put back with because one of the venues we're looking at comes with a stipulation on the name so we're just trying to work around that so what we've said is we're going to go ahead with the name competition anyway and hopefully it will still be used at this at this location uh, we just need to work out the, the, the galaxies of it um, but if it's not it'll kind of be given like its own name within the community anyway the cafe that we're looking at already has a name that we have to use, um, but we, we will kind of work around that where we can. Um, we don't necessarily think we'll be at this venue we're looking at at the moment forever, so that's why the name is important because it will continue to wherever we go um, for long term. But, yeah, there's, there's a, a thing. If you check out Chester Pride's uh, Facebook and Twitter, the, the details will be on that. I think it's next Friday that we, we launch this one uh, for people to vote on the, the names that have come through. Um some, some are really good. There's some historical names there that are, are key to Chester um, and, and to our community. And then, like I said, there's, there's some really tongue-in-cheek names as well, which is, is kind of cool. I've got my favourites, but I can't vote, obviously. So I'm just hoping <laughs> the best one wins. <laughs> well, that's tremendous. I'm sure that Angela and I will be along for a coffee as soon as you're open. Definitely. Absolutely can't wait. It's really exciting. Really look forward to that. That's great stuff. Thank you. Definitely. And it could be as soon as June then. Wow. June is the plan, yeah. So we're working with the, the landlords um, to, to get it open for June. So there's a lot of frantic calls behind the scenes with coffee machines <laughs> being ordered and tables and chairs. And, yeah, there's a lot of work goes into this that people don't see. And it's, uh, yeah, our office has been busy this week. Wow. Fantastic. I can't wait. And I was going to ask you um, where the location is, but obviously fully respect that you just can't say yet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's such a prominent location, the city centre that um, I mean, it's kind of out there that this place up for, for tender. Um, but until we sign the dotted line, we don't want to say it just in case of we course. don't get it. Um, yeah. If we don't get it, I will cry because I've wanted this oh. many um, But you know, <laughs> we've, we've, we've got to go through the process like everyone and we've got as good a chance as anyone. So Oh, fingers fingers crossed. Yeah. How exciting. That's brilliant news. Um, Okay. So another brilliant project that you do all year round, which really um, I just think is so, so brilliant, is the Just Ask service, sports service. Wanted to, you know, for anyone who's listening now um, and might be interested in contacting you, can you tell, tell us a bit about what the service does and how you get in touch? Yeah, so just ask it. It's an all-year-round project that we launched back in 2019, um, and it's basically it's there to help people that are that identify as LGBTQ plus um, or families of someone that is LGBTQ plus. So um, it helps with different things. Like obviously through COVID, we've seen a massive increase, and I'm not exaggerating when I say a huge increase now in people phoning up with mental health and suicide support. 
Um, it, it really scared me that for such a small city of around about 80,000 people, um, this service has been has been really well used, uh, which is great for us, but it's also really scary that people need, that this many people need this support. Um, and I think in its first year, we've took over 600 calls, emails and texts and things. And when you work out the population of LGBT people in Chester to that 88,000, we probably sit around about two or 3,000. So for 600 people to, to, to get in contact, it's quite worrying that, you know, that, that support has been needed and it's never really been there. Um, and that's not to knock anyone that's tried before because there has been services in the area before. We, we are getting calls as well as, as far as North Wales and Just Ask North Wales has now been launched off the back end of, of Just Ask Chester. Wow. Because there's so much like need for it. It also helps with things like domestic abuse, which again, we've seen a huge increase through lockdowns with people being with abusive partners. Um, and domestic abuse is always thought of that it's, it's predominantly... Um, abuse towards women and people forget there are same-sex couples which you know that it can it can have an impact on that as well so for us it's trying to get that message out there that you know if if you are in a, a, you know a, a toxic relationship you, you know sadly you're not alone in this and it's not a unique thing to you it is something that a lot of people unfortunately experience but help and advice is out there and support um, and then there's other things like hate crimes I mean we are a really tolerant city in Chester and you know it's very few and far between that we get hate crimes reported it does happen. It's not to say it doesn't happen. And we're not going to paint this picture that Chester's amazing all the time. It's like any city it has its faults. It also has a lot of community um, engagement and people really do try and make Chester a great place. Um, so the helpline was set up to, to help around all these issues and anything else. Uh, we've, we've had calls from people that, you know, their son or daughter's come out as gay or lesbian and they've gone, I don't know what to do. What? How do I talk to my son, to my daughter? Um, and this helpline basically just gets them in contact with people. It gives them the support. And it's not just a case of here's a fact sheet, up you go. We have ongoing support. So a few cases that we've had have been going on now for, for the year period where we're regularly in contact with these people to make sure every step of the way um, they, you know, they, they are given the support that they need. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really good project we do. It's sad that it's, it's 600 people have called in in terms of, you know, it, it's needed that much. But it's also for us, it just stipulates that Pride should be an all-year-round thing, and it shouldn't just be a one-day celebration. And and this helpline is is doing that. Goodness me, it's it's really really um, powerful to hear what you say there about the figures and and the difference that you're making. It's just thank goodness yeah. that you you are providing this incredible service. So, if anyone is listening and thinks you know um, they'd like to speak to you, um, how would they best get in touch, Warren? Uh, so there's three ways, really. Uh, you can obviously you can email. So a lot of people find that they don't want to talk to anyone physically, first of all, because, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're scared or they don't know how to talk about it. Um, so it's, it's really simple. It's just emailing just ask at chesterpride.co.uk. Um, you can WhatsApp or text in uh, on 0718-066-684, or you can call us on um, 01244-257602. Um, it's not a 24-hour service as such at the moment, but we do try and answer calls, emails and texts and WhatsApp as quick as we can. Um, but the one thing I would say is if you are in any sort of life-threatening, intimate danger, then obviously 999 is the number to phone or 101, um, you know, if you're in immediate danger. But if it's something that you just want to talk about or you feel you can wait, then please get in contact. And, and again, with, it's worth stipulating as well with, with the service you do go through to train professional people. It's not just a random person at the end of the phone that's going to go, oh my God, so-and-so's phoned up and told me this. You know, the, these things are confidential to the point that even as chair of Chester Pride, I don't get told the cases individually. Mm. Um, so I don't know any, because obviously I'm quite known in Chester with, without blowing like a trumpet there, but people yeah. might think, oh, if I get in contact, are you going to know my business? I don't yeah. get involved. All I know is how many people have phoned up, texted in. Um, and like I said, the, the team, Richard and Patsy that run it, they are there to, to help and support you in whatever way and however you, you know you wish to, to get that support. That's brilliant. That's superb. And obviously, um, all of this costs money. If anyone listening wants to um, support you, how can they do that? Is there an easy way for them to do that this year? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of ways, really. I mean, obviously, if you want to do it like a direct donation to, to the charity as such, we, we're kind of in three strands now because Pride has adapted. So we have obviously our event side, which is obviously the main Chester Pride event, which is normally in August. Um, we then have our commercial arm, which obviously will be the cafe and any events that we do like that. And then we have the, the project side, which is things like 
just asked, we've got one called The Box Project, uh, Take 5, Gather. There's, there's six projects we run. If you go onto our website, chesterproduct.co.uk, you can um, do a direct donation through a giving page on there. Um, or there's even rainbow wristbands that we've got where they're a £15 fee and that gets you into all of our fundraisers. So you do get back from giving to that. You get discounts and things. Um, and again, all this information on our social media and on, on the website in more detail. Brilliant, brilliant. And obviously we, we can't um, let you go without saying that the big event this year, which we're building up to, well, and there's another event that you wanted to mention, Warren. Do you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about that? So Digital Pride obviously will take place on the 7th of August, which will replace the main event. And we did kind of get asked, you know, what, why are you not doing the main event? Because COVID's, you know, it, it's dying down now as such and things. And for us, there's a lot of issues around the 21st of June. There's no government support for events of our size. And we are a free event. So we, we are funded by public money, by uh, taxpayers' money, by uh, grant funding. It would be very irresponsible for me to commission an event based on that with, with no guarantee and go ahead because we would lose money like we did in 2019 we had to reschedule we survived that and then covid hit so for us there's a financial element to why we didn't go ahead but obviously the, the insecurity and i don't want to put anyone's life in jeopardy and i certainly don't want to put any pressure on, on the local hospitals and things because we do attract up to 15,000 people on that day and to put that pressure on the hospital you know whilst they're going through covid is is it's irresponsible to do um for, for us so we've not done that and again that's not to knock any events that happen in chester because they're happening with different reasons a lot of events are ticketed so they can control their numbers more carefully whereas for us a million people could turn up or two people could turn up we can't control that so um, it was important we went digital um, and we're just going to replace that day with the content so it'll be between one and nine um we're taking a tv sort of um, theme this year so we've got a a bit of a homage to sort of this morning to loose women to celebrity juice uh, and we're, we're kind of trying to go a little bit tongue-in-cheek um but obviously there's important messages that will be put out there through the day um and then the big one we, we've got in september is called reflect and connect and it's in a way it's a small event of two thousand people um, and this is a ticketed event uh, which again the rainbow wristband if you purchase them it does get you um entry to that for free it's just it's an event where you can actually come along and have a look at all the projects we've done. So obviously we spoke about Just Ask. Uh, the box project is when we offer free condoms and sanitary products to anyone and everyone across the city. Uh, Take five, which is like a mental health. Just have five minutes with a cup of tea uh, and just chill out a little bit and, and go through some information that we send out to you. So all these projects are available for people to physically see. Um, and then obviously there'll be some entertainment with, you know, a few celebrity acts, a load of local artists that, you know, we were keen to showcase. And it's just a case of saying, you know, we've not been out for a year. And if you've struggled to engage, which, you know, some people have, you know, even going to the supermarket is quite daunting if you've not seen people for every year. To put you into 2,000 people, it's, it's a, a manageable number that's spread out across a large car park. So you're not going to, if you feel, oh, it's too much, there's plenty of space to, to, to put you around and say, look, I need some space here. Um, and it just, it just gets people back to talking, connecting with friends that they've not spoke to over the year, making new friends and just you know, reflecting on the on the year gone that, you know, some of us have, have had a really easy time, some of us has a hard time. And we said before about, you know, 600 people um, needing just ask. The, the really sad thing is in nine months, six people actually took their own lives from the LGBT community. So for me, I mean, it really, it really upsets me. I, I get like lumps in my throat when I talk about this. This, this event is something that's needed. It, it will be that little bridge for people to go, do you know what? I've not seen friends I can I can finally see you and we'll only do it if it's safe and we said this throughout the whole of the way we've got a lot of fundraisers they will only happen if we feel that the roadmap is safe to do so and if they don't you know we'll address that as we go along but we'd never want to put anyone's you know personal life in jeopardy through, through anything especially you know the pandemic which it's still it's still out there and you know things are getting better but we've, we've got to walk before we run and, and that's what we're keen to, to showcase Gosh, and uh, that's devastating, isn't it? When you mention that the impact that um, this has had over the past year or so, gosh, that really is its heartbreaking. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, and it just shows you how important it is to put on events like these. So yeah, we Absolutely. wish you, we wish you every success with it. It's um, thank you for doing all this. It's incredible. It's, it's what we do, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to give back to, you know to a, to a great city really it's, it's something that everyone whether you you know a member of the lgbt community or not you should be proud that chester is a welcoming city and you know 
the, it just it showcases a city that it, you know it's acceptable of everyone, and, and that's what you know every city should be. And one one day everywhere will be like that. We don't have drama around things, you know, and we're, we're getting there. We're not there yet, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah, absolutely. Again, there's, there's been so much that's been happening, you know, with uh, the last year. I've just been really impressed with the content you you've put out on social media. I think it's been really, really impressive. I just take my hat off to you for keeping that momentum going across the community and sort of, you know, making sure that you you've made maintained those connections. Really, yeah, I think it's important to do that. I mean, you know, it, again, I don't want to sound like I'm slating any any of the pride and stuff, but. When COVID kicked in, a lot of pride sort of went, oh, we're cancelled this year, we'll see you next year. And that was it. It was like, Tara, well, you know, we're gone. And for me, we, you know, we have people, you know, there was a, a survey done the other day and, and was released, I think, to the BBC, um, that LGBT people are, are more statistically likely to be depressed or suffer mental health issues than, than someone that's not LGBT. And I, I know for some listeners now that don't identify as LGBT, they'll be thinking, what, what, what's that all about? Um, and it, it's a hard thing to, it's, it's very complex. You know, we, we've got this, this movement at the moment of, of anti-trans that people that don't understand trans and non-binary people. And it's it's the, the thing that we do. If you don't understand something, you, your defences go up and you question it and you 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 push hate towards it. And we're seeing that now. And I think Pride has it has an obligation, it has a, a you know a duty to, to stand up for these people. Um, you know, and, and stand up for, for people that don't have a voice as much. And you know, even within our own community, you know, we've got sort of if you like, as, as a gay man, I've probably got more freedom than, than a trans man or trans woman does because we're at different levels in society of what's accepted and what's not. Um, so, you know, we, we focus on, on the areas that, you know, need a bit more support than, than, than others, but that's not to say we're not looking at everything. We're, we're trying to get that balance right. And Pride in Chester has a, it's got a massive sort of scope that we can educate people. And, you know, it, it's nice when you get families that come along and say, I didn't know this or... You know, I've always used an example of, of an event we did in 2014 in the park. There was a group of kids on the front row that were shouting homophobic comments and stuff to, to some of the drag queens. And when we'd actually talk to them and explain things, at the end of it, they were like, we're so sorry that we did that. Um, and two of them actually volunteered for us the year later because they were like, we were, you know, we were 14, 15. We were idiots. And it's, it's education. I've always said this, common sense is not common anymore. But education is, is so far behind on that that, you know, people... If you don't understand something, learn about it. Don't don't put your defences up. And oh wow! And thanks to folks like you doing such incredible work as well. Um, and you're you're such strong um, people, very tenacious and dedicated and hardworking. So thank you for everything you well, do. We try. I mean, we're, one thing I, I do want to quickly actually announce, which again, this this has literally been announced today. We, we're actually up for a national diversity award for the third time. Oh. Um, so we got nominated two years before and we got really close. We got to the semi-finals in, in the first year in 2019 and we're hoping it's third time lucky um, just because of everything else we've done since then. We just, we really hope that we, we get this award and it, it'll just open a lot of doors for us. So it's nice for comments like yourself saying we're doing a great job for us. We just do it. We don't think anything of it, um, but it is nice. You know, it is a thankless job. I mean, my, my role is, is a volunteer. You know, and, and a thank you goes a long way for me, more than a payment of, of a wage does. Um, so it, it is very appreciated to hear those comments. Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic news. Yeah, you should be uh, incredibly proud. That's, yeah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful note to end on. Um, yeah, so um, if you're listening and you do want to get in touch, um, a good place to go, I guess, is Chester Pride on the socials, on the website. We'll share some links as well. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Warren, for taking the time to chat to us. And hopefully you'll come back at some point and give us some updates. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, the cafe will move forward. We might even do a live broadcast from the cafe. You never know. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Right, so um, on this week's edition of the Circle 8 Radio Show and the Good Enough Human podcast, we have a special guest, Helen Tandy from Chester Friends of the Earth and also director of Eco Communities, a community interest company that aims to make our area, Cheshire Western Chester, greener and cleaner, which sounds great. 
Um, she's on the podcast and the show this week to tell us all about an exciting new project which you, um, our listener, can get involved with, we hope. Hi, Helen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Angela. It's lovely to be here and uh, chat to you. Yeah, so kicking off... Um, I've I've got to say I'm I'm no expert when it comes to eco stuff, but I know it's Earth Day and there's lots of stuff going on at the moment, and it's so incredibly important for us all to do our bit to help the Earth and to work towards tackling climate change because it is a big big issue, and um, I'm conscious of the fact that. The average person like me might think, oh, well, what difference can I make? But if every one of us, I guess, did a little something, started to build up and do stuff, we can all make a big difference together. So do you want to tell us a bit about the project? It sounds brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've, I mean I've been working, I've been in the eco world and environmental campaigning for such a long time. But what I really want to do is help um, the wider residents in Cheshire West understand you know the fact the council's declared a climate emergency but what does that mean you know what does that mean and what does that mean for them as an individual and there's the good thing is there's lots of little things that we can do you know when i redid my carbon footprint recently um just little things like putting the pan lids on was something that i'd forgotten about but even somebody like me who sees themselves as, as quite aware to get over time certain things so what we've done is we've linked up with an organisation called Geeky, who have a really great carbon footprint app. And what we're trying to do is explain to people what carbon footprint is, then also help them along their journey and really create a really friendly environment for them to um, make some changes in their own life to do more from an environmental point of view. And I think it's, it's a little and often, I think, you know, we can't all afford to go out tomorrow and buy a new car and buy an electric car. I can't afford to do that. But I think if we all do lots of little things, thinking about our electricity, you know, have we turned everything off? Can we turn the thermostat down a little bit? You know, does the thermostat heating need to be even on this time of year? Because I do sometimes find with my radiator, we've left all the doors and windows open and find that, you know, why is it not? There's lots of little things we can do that I think, you know, even those of us that think of themselves as being aware, sometimes forget about. So that's what we want to do. So what we've done is we've launched um, um, Carbon Footprint Friends today um, on Earth Day. We've also got a really great little platform, which is a really nice, pure place that we can share and chat to each other, each other as well, called Eco Communications. So there's loads of great information in there that people can find and, and, and read about. And you can chat to fellow Carbon Footprint friends about how they're doing on their journey and what they found out and learn from each other as well. So it's going to be great. You know, what we're hoping to do is we can see what everybody's carbon footprint is at the start and we can really see how the journey is within the region and how much we've saved um, over the next few months. As part of that, as an extra bit of fun, we do have a competition. So if you join us over the rest of April or May, you've got a chance to win a £50 eco pack. So that will be lots of things to either carry you on your eco journey or start you off on your eco journey. Those will help you help you along. So you, anybody that joins us over April and May has got a chance to go into that prize draw at the end of May to win that prize as well. Excellent. That sounds really good. I mean, it is a bit, um, as I say, going back to me being a sort of average woman on the street, I wouldn't be aware of things like, what did you, do you mention something about putting a lid up on your pan on, when you're yeah. cooking and simple yeah, things like that? It, That's it brilliant. No, it doesn't, these things don't have to cost money. And actually some of these things will save you money. So, you know, there are things in within the, the, the platform that, that um, Joe and her team have produced for this geeky carbon footprint and there's some really lovely um ideas in there um as well so i've been using it at work um so in my day i'm um an ethical financial advisor for um partner of a company over in manchester we've been using it as part of my carbon literacy training so the team there have been using it 
some of us have been using it individually for the last few months um and it's you know she, so she's done a really fantastic job of writing um this this app and a really great little pointers and tips of what people can do and explaining why as well you know why putting your panel it makes a difference um to your carbon footprint why why walking that mile to the shops is better than getting in your car so yeah i think i think you know people it's a, it's a really lovely program you know we want to say work with people so we don't want to just let you know leave people to go off on their own we really want to support and help um everybody out there in cheshire west and you know as a result of that we've linked up with a lot of partners um as well and we're also potentially sort of saying to any community groups out there if they want to join together and have their own little group on our geeky app they can do that so I don't know you know the cycling group out there might want to see what each other's carbon footprints are and see how they can change it over a few months you know it could be anybody any group out there as long as they're a community group a not-for-profit type um, organization might want to uh, join together and have their own little little separate group on there that we can see as well and and, you know it could well become a bit of a competition between all of you in there I know that the one at work is you know it's it's very aware that there's, there's a couple of us that are very environmentally aware from our scores um, and some of the rest of the team have got a little bit of work to do. Um, and hopefully what that then does is, is su- we're supporting each other at work. Oh. And that's what we want to do with this in, in the community as well. That's brilliant. So if I um, say later today, I want to get involved, how literally, how do I do that? How do I sign up? Yeah, so we've got a link on, it'll be on our website. So if you go on to um, our Eco Community's website and it will have a page on there, which will go live today, it'll be in articles. So it'll be the very most recent article on there. And the links are being there to apply to be part of our platform. And there's a few questions as well. We'll get you on our platform, then we'll get you on the Geeky programme as well as part of that. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. That's so good. Yeah, so I, I feel like I've got a lot to learn here, but I'm hopefully, like lots of other people, um, I'll hear about this project and think, right, okay, what can I do? I want to find out more. And the thought of, I mean, it, it can be a bit overwhelming. Where do I start? What do I do? How can I make a difference? But yeah, to be supported, I, it's good. Yeah, I think what I love about it as well is you can actually filter it to easy doable and hard so Uh you can just say right what I'm going to do is I'm just going to look at all the things that I could do that are really easy you know and that may be having one meat free day a week you know could be something that's easy something that's hard could be you know giving up meat you know going going vegan yeah hard and you might think well that's not for me but you know we're not here to dictate what everybody does with their life but it's trying to find things that can make a difference, but fit with you as well. I think that's the thing I love about it. It's not, it's not saying you've got to do all of these things tomorrow. It's saying, you know, what do you feel happy to change? And once you've made one little change, you might go, oh, I've done that. Well, actually, perhaps I won't, I won't eat meat at all but I'll still eat fish. So, you know, you once you start moving your way along, it's it's, it's amazing really when what people then will will think about trying next as well. Oh, excellent. It sounds it sounds brilliant, an absolutely brilliant initiative. So, I'm definitely going to have a look at that later and um and get signed up. I may start off on easy. <laughs> but... <laughs> and that you know what Angela that's absolutely fine. <laughs> Because, you know, we don't live in a perfect world. We don't all live off grid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and so just lots of us doing little bits. If you think if we can engage with as many people as possible in Cheshire West and we all did just the easy things, that's better than just a handful of us doing the hard things. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful, isn't it? And do you know what? I'm going to try and enrol, persuade my daughters to get involved as well, because I know one of my daughters was um, doing environmental activist kind of stuff at school at one point. So see if they want to get on board as well. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds excellent. Um, Right. Okay. And um, before we go, um, I 
thought we'd just um, have a very quick chat as well. Um, in case anyone wants to find out even more about what you folks do, um, you have a weekly um, magazine show, don't you, as well? Do you want to we tell us a little do. bit about that? Yeah, so when lockdown started last year, I was shielded. Well, I've shielded, I feel like I've shielded forever, so I've been shielded for most of the last 12 months. Um, and I just, I moved what we were doing sort of out and about in the community online. So we started, I started last year in June doing online events. And uh, some fit, some weird, for some weird reason over the Christmas period, I came back and decided why don't we, rather than pressure ourselves too often to do like a three-day event, why don't I just do something every week? So Tellers TV was created. Um, so Tellers is the Roman word for earth. Wow. So it became Tellers TV. And we're doing that every Tuesday from seven o'clock. Um, we do that on our platform. Um, it, the great thing about it, and again, you can find the link through our website. The great thing about it is what we're trying to do again is bring people along where people can find out about everything that fits in that ecosphere. But we've had community groups on um, telling us about their green projects. Um, we've Last night we had um, uh, Martin Landon telling us about the Mersey Tidal project. We've looked at hydro. So anything out there that people might want to find out a bit more about, quite a few authors. So it's a really brilliant uh, Tuesday evening. However I feel on a Tuesday, because uh, the team keeps saying, I don't know how you do that every week. I come, I come off, even myself, feeling really enthused and really energetic because there's some fantastic people out there doing some fantastic work. And I think really what I just wanted to do when we came back after sort of um, Christmas was just shout about it, give people a chance to, you know, very much like you're doing with, with your podcasting and the radio show, give people an opportunity to talk about what they're doing um, out there and for all of us to learn a bit more. And um, we've got one on hedgehogs coming up as well. So we've got oh. Chester to do with us. Uh, I'm so looking forward to that next week on hedgehogs. <laughs> They're, they're great in a way as well because they're all that we do them live so people can ask questions as well. Um, but then also what we also do is as soon as it's finished on a Tuesday evening, it's ready to watch on catch up. So uh -huh. it doesn't matter when when you want to watch it. You know, I know a lot of, of people sometimes watch it on catch up. We have as many people watch it on catch up as we do live, to be honest. So a really great energetic and we're already into May now um, booked up for speakers so I'm, I'm sort of looking for people for June onwards really so the other thing as well if anybody's out there and they've got a great community project um, that they want to come and talk about um, it could be a food project a growing project anything um, do get in touch and you know we'll 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 see if we can get you in the program. Excellent that sounds brilliant and that's once a week on a Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday evening at 7pm is Tellers TV, yeah. But and again, available on, on Catch-Up. I love yeah. that. Isn't it great that we can do all this stuff and it's brilliant what you're doing and shining a light, as you say, on so many good things. So, yeah, Thank it's you. well worth a watch. Um, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, Helen, how would they best do that? Yeah, if they email me, admin at chesterfoe co.uk brilliant okay right that's absolutely brilliant um i'm gonna definitely go and sign up later i'm enthused i hope you at home are too um and as helen said do get involved do get in touch if you want to get on board with this it sounds brilliant and we need it we need to all do our bit to um to help the earth thank you brilliant. Looking forward to seeing you on the platform, Angela. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Helen. So there we have it, a bumper edition of the Good Enough Human show on Circulate Radio comes to a close. Many thanks to my co-host Paul Crofts, to Dr Stephen Kenyon-Owen for the amazing music which brings the podcast and radio show to life, and to our wonderful guests Claire Morris and Paul Bays Kitcher from Fallen Angels Dance Theatre, Warren Lee Allmark from Chester Pride, and Helen Tandy from Eco Communities. And Thank you for listening. We hope you will join us in two weeks' time. In the meantime, if you want to hear more of what we do, 
then please check out our podcast, The Good Enough Human, available on Podbean, iTunes and Spotify. Take care, stay safe and we'll see you soon.